Well, thanks for coming to church. We can go home. I feel like that's a good word already, right? God, like, your kingdom come. Let heaven come closer, amen. Come on, than we've ever seen. Hallelujah. What a great, great morning it already has been so far. Oh, just in the back there trying. It's like hard to not just, you know, start jumping around and singing around when you're trying to like keep your voice for three services, you know? And uh, and it's hard, you know, like when the when and it's not because like the professionality and the amazingness of our team, although they are, but there's just such a sweet spirit in this room and uh, and when you're near it, you just want to get all the way in it and uh, and I'm, I'm telling you, the reason it's so sweet at eternity is because uh, we come to worship in spirit and in truth. Scripture says to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And if you come to worship Him, but don't want all of Him, that ain't it. If you come to worship Him, but, you, you don't, but you, you, your heart is closed off to the truth, then that's not it. But here at Eternity Church, we want the truth. We don't want to be affirmed in our beliefs. We want to know the truth because it's the truth that sets us free. Amen. I don't, I don't want to be affirmed. When I prepare a sermon, I go into it. I'm like, I've, been, I've read the word. I'm confident in this. But I don't try to find things that back me up. I want to look at it and make sure I want to go back to the Greek. I want to go back to the Hebrew. And I want to make sure that what I'm saying is true. And if it's not Sometimes I'll be starting to prepare a sermon and then I like start rolling a different way and I'm like, man, glad I looked this up and didn't just say stuff. You know, like this, like people say things like God only helps those who help themselves. And I'm like, well, that ain't in there. Do, do you know what I mean? Like that, someone made that up. Now, absolutely, I want to do something in my life for God to pour his favor on and don't want to sit back and be lazy and you know like pray for a wife while sitting in the basement and never leaving you know um, but God is gracious and I didn't help him save me come on come on I wasn't like Lord that that looks tough I'm, I'll hold the I'll hold your water I, 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 I wasn't even there to hold his water all right. And uh, so anyway, um, we come to church here to learn the truth. Today, I've got a message for you. Um, it's called the judgment zone. And uh, some of it is going to be a smack in the mouth for some of you. And some of it's going to be a smack in the mouth for other people. But we're not going to go into this and just try to read into it what we hope it says. You, you here with me? Yeah. And um, so anyway, uh, I don't know really what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, welcome to church, and uh, glad that you're here. So um, if, if you're here in Audubon, in Allwine, online, just glad you're here. Uh, reminded that online, it, it's not good. Um, the quality of the production team is great. But it's not good for you to be online. Online is great if you're sick. Online is great if you're traveling. Online is terrible if you're lazy. Okay, so, um, so with that judgment, let's proceed. <laughs> what we're going to do today is, uh, first we're going to 
uh, properly exegete the text that everybody quotes, and then we're going to end it with a whole bunch of other scriptures that just support that exegete or that study of the scriptures there. So if you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, we're going to read from verse 1 through to verse 5. We'll read verse 6 later on. Verse 1 to verse 5. Judge not that you be not judged, or everybody's favorite way, uh, the King James. Judge not lest ye be judged. For with the judgment that you pronounce upon others, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Um, How do you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we didn't come here to have our favorite um, feelings and desires affirmed today, but instead to properly study your word and understand it. And so we ask for your help to do that. I ask that you open up hard hearts to receive hard truths. God, I ask that you would Use the words that are preached today to build up, to edify, and to equip the saints with the knowledge and the power to destroy falsehoods. I pray that you help us to ease the tension that seems to be created from the so-called conflict from certain scriptures that tell us not to judge and others that tell us to. Help us to take the counsel of the whole word of God, not just a word or two. I pray this in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. Amen. You may take your seats. And um, as I said, the title of my message is The Judgment Zone. And uh, if you're new, uh, I just want you to know that I did come here today to judge you. Uh, If you have sin in your life, you're going to leave this place ashamed of yourself, uh, feeling defeated, judged, beat up, and awful. Um, That's my goal. Uh, Before you leave, I will have decided for you where you will spend eternity and who's going to go there with you. And so we're going to have some fun. No, I'm just kidding. That's not really what we're doing. Uh, Sorry if anyone walked out already anywhere. Um, Come back. I'll give you a horse. All right, come back. All right. Sorry, just there's always an ever after quote for every uh, situation. Today, what I do want to do, though, is shed some light on two of the most um, misquoted uh, words, or maybe two of the most quoted words in all of the scriptures. Uh, there are two words from the Bible that everyone in the Western world uh, knows, seems to have committed to heart, uh, has meditated on, and speaks out pretty boldly as if their life depends on it. Um, those words are judge, judge not. And um, it's usually, not always, but usually quoted to Christians by non Christians. Uh, yelled at those who've read the book uh, from those who've never read the book. Uh, It's thrown at those who believe the book, ironically by those who do not believe the book uh, and think that the book is outdated, bigoted, and a load of garbage. Um, Those who believe that we should not tell someone that what they're doing is wrong say, judge not, and proceed to tell us that what we're doing is wrong. Um, And it could be one of the most misused, misquoted, and misunderstood verses in the whole Word of God. It could be. When someone wants to justify 
uh, the choices that they're making, they pull out this magical trump card, scream out, judge not. Um, and then, uh, and if they're really, really, you know, really planned ahead, they may even throw out the next four words, lest ye be judged. And then they drop the mic on the ground and they walk away like they just won their high school debate. Um, and they, they scream, judge not. Uh, and as they walk away, they expect you to immediately embrace the fact that they want to get divorced, have an affair, become a woman, become a man, become a dog, marry a dog, sell a dog, or whatever other harebrained idea it is that they come up with. And because they said, judge not, I'm apparently not allowed to argue uh, with their feelings on the matter. You don't get to tell them they're not a dog because, don't judge me, screams the lady to the cat. And then exhausted and somewhat defeated, unequipped, oh, that came up now. Mm. Mm. And then Christians, often exhausted and feeling defeated, they're not equipped with the knowledge to destroy these ridiculous arguments. Many Christians retreat back to their previously quiet, so-called meek and mild Christianity, having learned that a verse out of context is far too powerful for a Christian that hasn't been equipped for the battle. And uh, it's my hope that that would end for you today, that you would actually uh, be equipped for those arguments, that you would actually be equipped for those battles. Um, the truth is, everybody does want to be judged, okay? It's not judgment to have a problem with. In fact, if somebody goes to court and the judge rules in their favor and they are awarded a million dollars, they love the judge and they're glad that they were judged that day, right? Uh, if the judge rules against them and they're fined a million dollars, they hate that evil, awful judge, right? And so, and same deal, like, people want me to assess their fit. Their, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you look good today, because I judged and I said you look good. Um, or, hey, what you're doing is really good. I'm glad you're doing that. And, and they love that I assessed their behavior, judged it, and then affirmed it as good. And so it's not judgment that the world has a problem with. It's, it's, the, it's, it's a result of the judgment that they don't like. It's, it's conflict, it's conviction, it's truth that they actually hate. It's not being judged that they hate. So today I want to empower you with the Word of God. I want to properly exegete um, the, the judge not uh, portion of the, of the Scriptures, um, apply it properly in context um, of the sermon that it was shared in, because judge not was not an encounter with someone where they walked up to someone and says, hey, Judah, judge not. It, it, it wasn't just a moment. It was actually a piece of a large sermon. You've heard it. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. It was a portion of that sermon. Uh, and it's not just that. It's also a piece of all the teachings of Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's not just that. It's a piece of the whole New Testament, which is a piece of the entire Word of God. And so we want to look at it properly and execute it in context uh, like that. So that today, to borrow a line from the Apostle Paul, we will destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that's raised against the knowledge of God. Amen? Amen. 
And um, so 2 Corinthians 2.5 in and of itself does a whole lot to damage the argument that we ought to sit down and shut up when Paul's saying we're going to destroy arguments and lofty opinions. Wouldn't you agree? So we're going to head into the first, um, the first couple of lines there of Matthew chapter 7. Judge not that you be not judged, for with the judgment that you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, like I said at the start, um, I'm not the preacher that's going to say all the things that you want me to say, okay? That's not going to happen, okay? We, I don't want a church of people that are trying to gather for themselves people who affirm everything that they want to be affirmed. What I want to do is I want to properly study the Word of God and preach from it, okay? So what we're not here to do today is to destroy the judge not verse in the Word of God, okay? We're not here today to pretend that that verse means nothing, okay? We're not here to pretend that it's, uh, that, 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 that really it's actually an encouragement to us, because it's not, okay? It still is a warning to you. It still is a warning to me, and, uh, and so I don't want to explain it away. I want to properly apply it. Does that make sense, okay? Be, but judge not, now to be clear, judge not is not prohibiting spiritual discernment. Uh, it's not telling us to sit down and shut up uh, as the world appears to be heading to hell in a handbasket, but because judge not, we have to sit down and we don't get to talk about it. Um, so let's look at verse 2, though, for a second. Uh, and you see it says, for with the judgment, and this is where we understand the context of what this is saying. The, the judgment there, that word in the Greek is krema, okay? Krema, like you want to put it in your coffee, all right? Krema, okay? Uh, K-R-I-M-A, krema. Um, and um, the word there, it's not like other times in Scripture where we see um, judge for yourself or this, whatever else. Uh, the way the world tells us, do not judge. When they say do not judge, what they're saying is do not assess, do not determine, do not evaluate the situation or the behavior. But that's actually not what we're being warned here. It's saying, for with the crema, for with the condemnation that you pronounce upon others, you shall be condemned as well. Do you see that? It's, it's, it's not. Now, now, other places that Jesus says to judge, he's saying evaluate, determine, assess. But right here he's saying, for with the judgment, for with the condemnation, also it means the assigning of a sentence, okay? So if you think that you get to condemn someone, and if you think that you get to assign the sentence upon their soul, then that's how you will be treated as well. It's a reminder that you and I, that we are not the ultimate judge. That no matter how bad, no matter how awful, no matter how evil a person might appear to be to you or to me, that we don't ever get to pronounce upon them condemnation. We don't ever get to assign them the eternal punishment that comes with their behavior. It is not for you or me to determine their final destination because then we would be presuming to know what God knows and we would be presuming to sit where God sits God sits on the throne of judgment our thrones give off a whole different aroma come on now but God sits on the throne of judgment 
We've got to humble ourselves and let God be the judge. We've got to let God be the judge of people's salvation. Because the same measure that we use, it will be measured back to us. If we measure and if we judge without grace, then we'll be judged without grace. <coughs> if we want to pronounce upon someone their final destination from a human perspective without any of God's omniscience, that is without his all-knowing knowledge, then we will be judged by the same standard. The standard that only looks at the outside rather than what God knows about our hearts. So when we judge, and judge we will, and we'll get there in a moment, but let's actually heed the warning first, right? So when we judge, and judge we will, we speak the truth. We warn people. We even tell where that behavior leads. But we leave the final and the eternal judgment to the final and eternal authority. We leave it to God. We absolutely can judge the fruit and judge behaviors. We judge the fruit. See, what I can't do is see the inside of a person, but, uh, but from the abundance of the, the heart, the mouth speaks, and, and, so, and, and so fruit does come from the inside. I, I, I can't judge what they look like, but I can judge the fruit. I can judge the behavior while understanding that I don't know what's on the inside. Do you hear what I'm saying? <clears throat> I can get an indication, but that's it. See, uh, in this same sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us to watch out for false prophets. He tells us to judge the fruit and judge behaviors. Now, if I'm not allowed to evaluate, if I'm not allowed to determine, if I'm not allowed to assess the fruit, then how am I to watch out for false prophets and to judge fruit and behavior? Jesus has not prohibited spiritual discernment. He certainly has not prohibited us from sharing the faith and sharing the truth, but that we should not presume to sit on the throne and determine whether someone is or is not going to be in heaven or in hell. Y'all understand it clearly? And let's be honest, for some of us, that's a good warning because we're tempted to make those pronouncements, okay? Lately, there are groups of people that I am tempted to make those pronouncements. Now, I know that their behavior leads there. I could even think this, I... Uh, the fruit would indicate that this person's hell-bent on going to hell. But I'm going to just step back from that line a little bit and be like, all right, Lord, I know that you're the ultimate judge. I'm not going to pronounce that upon them. It may seem that way to me in my heart and my common sense and my understanding of the Word of God, but I won't pronounce that. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to speak that. <clears throat> um, so let's keep reading. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but not notice the log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Uh, what I love about this is that um, you, you, you see that. He's not saying you shouldn't see the speck, by the way. It's why do you see that, but you can't even see this, Okay. It'd be like saying, man, like I'm up here and, and I'm walking here. Uh, wh wh why do you see that camera back there, but you can't even see this pulpit, right? Like, well, like, well I'm not, it's not bad that I can see the, the camera. It's just stupid that I'm focused on that when I haven't even moved this out of my way. You hear what I'm saying? 
And so, so here it's a great warning that if, if you're not working on your own faith and your own life, you're in no position to call others out, okay? Um, it's not even that you, it's not even that you, that, that you have a log. It's you're ignoring the log. You're not even seeing the log. You, you, you're oblivious to this log. You, you need to be working on your own life. You're in no position to determine someone's final destination at all, let alone when you don't even pay attention to the log in your own eye. But this one line does go on to show that if you've been working on lining your life up with God's word, that you can see clearly and help take the speck or the plank out of your brother's eye. It actually tells us that. That if I'm doing that, then I can actually see clearer to help get rid of that in my brother's eye. But if we haven't made Jesus the Lord of our lives, and if we're unwilling to give God access to our sin, and if we plan to keep sinning, and we want to keep sinning, and we don't seem to care what the Word of God says, well, we've got a giant plank in our eyes, and if that's us, then yeah, we actually do need to sit down and be quiet. Hello. He's saying, stop trying to take the planks out of your brother's eyes when you're not even living for the truth yourself. So reading it in context and reading all of it and not just a couple of words, when we judge that what someone is doing is sinful, we need to leave room for grace. Amen? Because with the measure I give, the same measure will be given back to me. That is, recognize that without God's grace, we would never have been allowed in his house ourselves, and so because of God's grace, they're welcome to. You're not excited about that? They're welcome to. Recogn <coughs> recognize that without God's grace, we would never have overcome our sin, but with God's grace, they may overcome their sin too. Amen? And recognize that without God's grace and God's mercy, we would spend eternity in hell ourselves. And so perhaps with God's grace and mercy, they too might get saved from hell as well. Um, amen? So the Greek word krema, or like your coffee, krema. Uh, we, 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 we are not allowed to pronounce the condemnation on somebody else. We do not get to look at someone and determine whether or not that person is going to heaven or going to hell. We will not presume to know all things and we will not presume to sit on God's throne and we will judge the behaviors, but we will not determine that person or sentence that person, uh, assuming that we have the throne of judgment and get to determine where they're gonna spend eternity. We don't get to do that. But here's the clangor at the end of that verse. I love this. See, before we even get to the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, before we even get to the rest of Jesus' teachings, before we even get to the rest of the New Testament, before we even go in context of the Old Testament as well, this often quoted passage ends brutally, as it says, do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls to pigs, for they trample them underfoot and they turn and attack you. Oh, the great irony 
of quoting Judge Not with no understanding of its context. Let's put it up on the full screen. Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw pearls to the pigs. Can I ask you a question if I'm not allowed to assess, evaluate, and determine a situation? How the heck am I supposed to know who a dog is? How am I supposed to know who not to give these pearls to? Who's the pigs? Who's the dogs? Do the dog folk walk around with a sign? Hey, y'all, Jesus said some of us are dogs, just so you know that's me. Do the pigs prance around singing songs from the Lion King? Ah, you aching? Yep, 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 yep. For some bacon? Yep, 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 yep. I'm a big pig. You can be a big pig too. Is, is that how I know? Or do I have to look at the fruit and judge for myself? They ain't wearing signs. I've got to look at the fruit. I've got to evaluate the fruit. I've got to assess the behavior and judge for myself. I have to use my judgment to determine whether or not some people are who Jesus, not me, who Jesus warned would be dogs or would be pigs. I won't spend much time on this, but just to, just to elaborate that for a moment, who's a dog, who's a pig, right? Well, <clears throat> in those days, a dog um, was not like everybody walking around with their like, nicely groomed poodles and things like that. They weren't like having dog competitions and all that gear, uh, but there were a bunch of mangy, uh, ravaging, just scabby, uh, disease-riddled, uh, nasty little dogs uh, running around everywhere. And, um, and so when he's saying dogs, he's basically saying it's somebody like that, somebody that it's like their heart is diseased, you, you know, like they're, they're a scavenger. They're, they're a grifter. They're, 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 they're just there to cause trouble. They, 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 they don't bring anything good. They, they, they muddy and dirty everything that they, they touch. And, and, and so it would be for me, I think, honestly, that's most of the people who say judge not. They came here to throw mud. They, they, they came here to dirty the, 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 the understanding. They came here to, to muddy the, the waters. They didn't they didn't come here because they want a, a, a shower. They didn't come here because they would like someone to groom them so they can look like my stupid poodle, all right? They, they didn't come here for that. They, they came here for a fight. They came here to muddy the waters. That's, that's what they came here for, okay? And so that would be someone like, uh, you know, for, that might play out for me by throwing something up on Instagram that says something like, um, something like, uh, you know, um, hey, uh, marriage is actually between a man and a woman, and uh, God will really bless that if you just uh, do that, uh, something basic like that. And they'll be like, judge not! And, and I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll engage with uh, this person for a moment, uh, and then uh, I engage with them kindly, nicely, whatever else, uh, and then immediately they come back and they're, they're like, that, their teeth come out, the, the rabies is like showing on their, on, on their lips, it's drooling down, the whole tweet now is just looking nasty and you're like oh oh okay that this is a dog okay and, and so so and the, and then what happens is that they go from from just diseasing everything and then they come in you notice this you're like you'll make a, a a very broad statement all right these ideologies these behaviors are sinful they'll come in 
all the way at you, and then they'll say they'll throw awful things at you about how evil you are and how nasty you are and, and how bad you are and all these things, and, and now they're trying to give you rabies. And Jesus is being like, you know what? You're never going to walk away from that interaction feeling fantastic. So, so just wipe your dust. Come on, wipe the dust off your feet and move on because that's a dog. How do I know? Well, I evaluated the fruit. And I may be wrong, but it would seem to me that they're a dog. God's words, not mine. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to move away from that, okay? Now, admittedly, sometimes curiosity and just the need to fight gets the better of us. And we like go back and forth with them. And, after, and then you walk away and you're like, I've got rabies. I need to get a shot right now, you know? Anyone else, you're like you walk away from those conversations. If you don't know what I'm talking about, write on your Instagram today um, that uh, marriage is for a man and a woman. And just, you know, uh, someone's going to try and give you rabies today, all right? And you'll be like, I found a dog. You know what I'm saying, all right? So anyway, so to recap, my judge not after calling people dogs with rabies, um, this is where it lands. We do not have the authority to, or the knowledge, by the way, to de determine someone's final destination. Okay? The theme of the passage, really a theme that runs through the whole Sermon on the Mount, is humility. Know who you are. But know who you are not. Okay? You're not God. Don't try to be him. Trust me, if you were God, this place would be very bad. And ultimately, when we do judge, know that we don't know what God knows. Okay? Know that we weren't saved until God saved us. Know that it was God's grace that created the space for any of us to be in this place right here together. And with that knowledge and armed with that humility, judge everything. There it is. How can I say that? Well, I'm going to show you in a moment. First, what I want to do is I'm going to give you an admittedly very political example of how that could play out. Um, anyone ready for it to get a little bit <laughs> tense for a moment? I just feel like there's, this, there's, a, a, there's a situation in the world where some believers are doing it wrong and unbelievers are doing it wrong, and I'm going to show us how we ought to do it. Is that okay? Um, and so I'm going to give you an admittedly uh, extremely political example. It's going to get spicy. But to do it, though, to be a little um, nicer, even though there's zero biblical commands to be nice, um, <clears throat> there's, uh, there's no spiritual gift, by the way, of being nice, all right? Um, it's not there. Um, and so, and actually, the, 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 the desire for that gift has really shut a lot of people's mouths when they really should have been bold as lions uh, and wise as serpents and all this other gear. But anyway, um, I'm going to make up a person. Um, we'll call this person uh, Bo Jiden. <laughs> okay? And um, it's, a, it's a made up guy. Um, and so, so let's judge Bo. Uh, are you all ready to judge Bo? Um, Okay, let's, let's talk about bow and gay marriage for a moment, all right? Now, God's word is very clear, um, and it shows us that marriage is between a man and a woman, 
Um, it's clear in Genesis. It's, it's clear in the entire Old Testament. It's clear um, by Jesus' own words. It's clear in the entire New Testament. Uh, if you want me to unpack the Greek and the Hebrew, the Aramaic of how I know this, and well, honestly, you didn't even need to do that, but doing that showed us that the translations are accurate. Um, and so, so, uh, so anyway, if you want to see that, go watch my sermon uh, on that. Uh, from last year, okay? Um, but here's the thing about uh, homosexuality. It's, it's not nuanced in the Word of God. It's not complicated in the Word of God. It's not difficult to understand. Um, that's just things that people say to throw mud and to throw shade. Um, the, the many pigs and dogs are throwing mud all over the place. Uh, the devil has blinded so many people. Uh, but it is, it is so clear that God is against gay marriage, it's clear from design, it's clear from purpose, and it's clear from his words as well. Um, but Bo Jiden is very much in support of it. Now, uh, Bo is wrong, but Bo's promoting it. Bo facilitates it. Bo, Bo, Bo endorses it uh, as an equal to uh, heterosexuality. It's not. It's, it's not only inferior, it's dirty. It's wrong, it's ungodly. Uh, those people... Uh, are, are still valuable and a part of God's creation. God still has a great plan for them, but the behavior is not good. Uh, but Bo, uh, Bo is wrong, and his promotion and facilitation of the sin is as bad or uh, worse than uh, participation in the sin. So Bo is in sin, okay? Bo's in sin. I've assessed that. I know that. You all knew that already too right? Because you're not stupid. So you were able to figure that out pretty clearly, okay? Nothing wrong with making that statement. Nothing wrong with assessing that. Nothing wrong with talking about it. Oh, he's mentioning it, the Johnson Amendment. I couldn't care less about the Johnson Amendment, all right? I'll benefit from it while we can, and then if one day we can't, then who cares, all right? So you've got me saying it, all right, before somebody says he talked politics from the stage. I don't care, all right? Report us, okay? We'll pay more tax, all right? We don't care. Anyway, is that okay that I said that publicly to my board members? No. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to avoid good uh, examples and preaching the truth because of it. All right. Now, listen, let me give you another example gender. Okay. God's word is clear that God created us male and female. Okay. Um, and it, it, He made it clear in the beginning, He's made it clear all the way through Genesis, He's made it clear all the way through the Old Testament. He's made it clear in the New Testament. He's made it clear in Hebrew. He's made it clear in Aramaic, and he's made it clear in Greek, okay? He's made it really clear. His word shows us, his, his design shows us, and the purpose of humanity to go forth and multiply also shows us. Now, his word shows us that our maleness or our femaleness are actually really intentional and very important parts of who God made us individually to be, okay? Now, um, I've said this before. I want to I put it up on the screen because I think this is a really important thing for people to understand uh, that I cannot be wholly defined by my God-given maleness, um, but I also cannot be wholly defined without it, okay? What that means is my, my God-given maleness does not 100% define everything about my life, but everything about my life cannot be 100% defined without including my, my God-given maleness. Does that make sense? Okay. So, though I cannot 
be wholly defined by my God-given maleness. I cannot be wholly defined without it. <clears throat> now, Bo and his political party are doing everything that they can to destroy the importance of and the divine intentionality of our maleness and our femaleness, okay? Now, Bo and his mates have actively pushed for the elimination of all traditional gender roles, of all biblical gender roles, of all biblical gender intentionality. Uh, they're trying to eliminate the belief that your gender was a gift from God and has now become a gift from a money-grabbing, Hippocratic, oath-breaking surgeon. So Bo is in sin. I know this because I've read this. Okay? So I know this. And you and I have the right to speak the truth about this. And we have the right to inform people that those ideologies and those beliefs do not lead to eternal life. That they are anti-God, anti-family, anti-design. Okay? They're anti-Christ. Okay? I did not say he's the anti-Christ. They are anti-Christ. Okay? But knowing that, I have to refrain from taking the seat of God as the ultimate judge of Bo's heart. Sure, Bo bears bad fruit, Bo is in sin, but as badly as we may want to, I do not have the right to declare whether or not Bo Jiden is going to heaven or to hell. You don't get to do that. I don't get to do that. And honestly, I know we want to, and I see people doing it online, saying, not, not these ideologies lead to hell, but this person is going to hell. This person is not this. This person is not... Look, listen, we don't get to do that. We, we don't get to pronounce condemnation and final destinations upon people because we don't know what we don't know. And, and look, we may presume to know, and it may seem evident that it's that way, and it may look clearly like that, but you know what? I don't know what God knows. So I don't get to pronounce that judgment. I'll judge the fruit. I'll determine right and wrong. I'll evaluate and I'll watch out for false prophets and I'll call out false prophets. That's a false prophet. That's false teaching. That's ungodly. I will call it out as sinful as garbage ideologies that lead people to hell. Just like Paul did. Just like Paul said in Corinthians, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor those who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. He's calling out behaviors that are sinful. He's speaking broadly to groups of people. These groups of people like this, those who practice and affirm and promote these things are on a narrow path, and that path does not lead to heaven. But I don't get to say this person's going to hell. You hear what I'm saying? I am not the ultimate judge. I am not the one who makes the final decision. I've got to let God do that. And I am seeing way too many Christians trying to take God's place in that role. That instead of evaluating the fruit, make, draw conclusions even, this lifestyle is leading you to hell. But I don't know what I don't know. And I don't know what only God knows. 
So I don't get to make a pronouncement as if I am him and know what he knows. Now some, maybe many who listen to this sermon when it hits the podcast this week, or maybe sitting in the room, I don't know, may be horrified and hate that I just judged Joe Biden. I wanted to use his real name just again so the people online know I'm not scared, okay? Um, It's just hilarious to me that every time I say anything at all, you know, that's mildly anything they disagree with, they're like, churches can't talk about that. I'm like, number one, I'm not the church. I'm part of it, yeah, but but that was my private social media page. Number two, I'll I'll do what I think is right. So, so, uh, So leave me alone. Did you know that, by the way, do you want to know? Now, look, we're not going to lose our Johnson Amendment over this, like seriously, that's ridiculous. It's not what the law does. But did you know that if they took that away from us, that all you would all need to do is give 2% more than you already do, and it would cover all the income tax we'd then suddenly have to pay? So who cares? I'm like, okay, is my church really going to be like, no, no. I'm I'm sticking with 10%. No, we just asked, could you roll that up to 12 for us? And then we can do, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, hands up if you'll just give the extra 2%. Like, really awkward for those who don't put their hands up. I'm I'm not looking, all right? That was was a really uncomfortable moment, and I shouldn't have done that. No, the words were out of my mouth before I realized what I'd just done, you know? Some people were like, can I start with two? No. (laughs) So... (laughs) All right, so we'll move on from that. (laughs) But I want to show you why I have biblical precedent for calling out leaders and rulers in their sins. Like, yo, hands up if you've read the Old Testament, for starters. Anyone feel like every chapter is just like rolling a leader? (laughs) It's just like, like, and so many Christians are like, Elijah, sit down and shut up, you can't say that. You're breaking the Johnston Amendment. You know what I mean? Like, like, Elijah would be like, how about I send some bears to eat you, you know? Like, like it's ridiculous. And so, 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 so all the way through the Old Testament, we just see on repeat people calling out, prophets calling out, leaders calling out, teachers calling out, leaders and rulers in their sin. But it's not just there either. By the way, Jesus did a whole lot of it. But it's not just there either. We see, um, we see in Mark chapter 6, the story of John the Baptist calling out Herod's sin says, for it was Herod, uh, sorry, I'm reading it to you now, for it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, uh, who was his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to take your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted him put to death. He was actually killed for this. This is why John the Baptist's head got put on a platter, all right, because he broke the Johnson Amendment. And they beheaded him, all right? And so let's go, all right? They beheaded John. Oh, we'll have to pay 2% more. Oh, my goodness, right? So let me now that we know that it's okay to to call out uh, evil and sin in rulers and authorities, okay? Um, And and like if they were being super racist, it would be okay to call them out, right? And no one would be like, you're you're breaking the Johnson Amendment. You know what I mean? Like, let's just do what needs to be done. Let's just preach the truth and preach what's right. Can we get an amen? Now, I should, yeah, okay, sorry. There it is. Nope, it stopped. All right, so (laughs) 
All right, people were like, we want to clap, but oh, it's awkward now. And so, but, but, but what we've done there is we've shown that we absolutely can judge and evaluate behaviors because what we really did though was take some time to exegete that scripture, talk about what it means, what's, what's it mean in the Greek, you know, uh, what's the precedent, uh, what's Jesus' whole teachings on that, um, and all of that. But what I want to do now is, is not just talk about how we can't condemn, but how I want to I back up the statement that we can and should judge, okay? So I'm going to roll through a whole bunch of Scriptures are going to make it pretty quick. My keyboard lady's already here, so you know there's hope that it's going to end. And so, 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 but we're going to roll through a whole bunch of scriptures. We'll be pretty quick, okay? So let's start with Jesus himself. Are you all ready for this? Jesus himself added in John chapter 1, do not judge by appearances. What would that be? Black people are just blah, blah, blah. White people are just blah, blah, blah. Asian people are just blah, blah, blah. This person looks poor. Poor people are just blah, blah, blah. This person looks rich. They appear rich. Rich people are blah, blah, blah. All right, don't, don't do that. You're not allowed to do that. But judge with right judgment is what he goes on to say. Do not judge by appearances. And he says, but when you do judge, but wait, I thought I, I can't judge. No, I can because I can't condemn. But I absolutely can evaluate. When you do judge, judge with right judgment. It's real simple, right? Judge righteously with grace and truth. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, and you're going to love this, test everything. Evaluate everything. Determine everything and hold fast. So after you do that, and then hold on tightly to the things that are good. Acts 20, 27. For I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Well, don't preach that. That bit's judgmental. The whole counsel of God. Amen? Don't be afraid to share it. Listen, to call adultery or murder a sin is to form is to pass a form of judgment. I evaluated it. I I I I I held it up. I'm like, well, here's adultery. Here's the word of God. No, they don't. Nope, they look different. This is wrong. This is right. And when I call it sin, I'm I'm not I'm not wrong to do that. I'm actually in agreement with God's word. I'm in agreement with God's heart when I do that. Amen. Preach the whole thing, declare the whole thing in season and out of season. When it's convenient and when it's inconvenient. When it gets you promoted and in the seasons where it gets you fired. Preach the whole thing. There were seasons at, in the United States where preaching the whole counsel of the Word of God would get you accolades and get you promoted. And we're in a season now where it will get you fired in some places. 2 Timothy 4, 2-4 says, Preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, rebuke. Don't judge me. No, I will. I will rebuke that demonic ideology and I'll exhort and with complete patience and teaching. So what we're doing, we're, gonna, we're teaching about it. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching 
but will have itching ears. And they'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. How anybody could possibly think that a traditional biblical understanding of the Word of God is who this is warning. Number one, narrow path. Well, the whole Western world seems to be on a different path. Seems like a wide path, just saying. Gathering teachers to suit their own passions. I know every single person in this room has sexual passions and desires. And left unchecked, you could do some real damage. So what have you done? Instead of gathering teachers to let you just let loose with your passions, you've decided to hold fast to the truth and not wander off into myths. Amen. So well done. Okay. Excuse me. I've got more. Just a couple more, okay? And then I'm going to land the plane. We're putting the wheels on, all right? We're not lowering them. We're putting them on. We took off. We're like, where are the wheels? So someone put them on. Anyway. Got <clears throat> more from Jesus. Jesus said, how is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourself what is right? How do you do that? Stop not judging what's right. The writer of Hebrews echoing a statement of Jesus's, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. What's he saying here? Well, firstly, we're going to have some solid food. It's for those who are mature, for those who have their powers of judgment, evaluation, determination, trained by constant practice, by constantly evaluating, by constantly judging, by constantly training in distinguishing good from evil. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the spiritual person judges all things. All things. How many things? All things. Test how many things? Everything. And again in Corinthians, Scripture says, Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we're going to judge angels? How much more then matters pertaining to this life? So we started with a proper exegete of judge not. What's it mean? Literally, condemn not to hell. So you will be condemned not to hell. (laughs) Don't presume to know what God knows. Don't presume to sit where God sits. But absolutely call out the wicked and evil things. Because we ended with a proper and weighted exploration of the topic through the Sermon on the Mount, the New Testament, the Old Testament, the whole counsel of the Word of God. So not only are you permitted to judge, but you must judge. You must judge. Can I have um, two friends up on stage? I'll have um, 
Justin, can you come up here, mate? And, uh, and uh, well, actually, anyone who feels comfortable, like, jumping up here, you know? Like, how tough are your legs? That's, that's part of the question, I guess. Can I have one more volunteer? Yeah, come on up, Mary. Now, um, I, I can help anyone who needs help. All right, there we go. Um, well, actually, I'm pretty small, so I can straight off the stage. Now, um, just stand here. Actually, stand over here. For some reason, it just my brain works better when you're over there, you know? Um, I like things on my right, um, but you're on their left, so anyway. Um, I mentioned earlier that it's a running theme in judgment is humility, right? Right, we'll put it back on the screen, right? Um, know that we don't know what God knows. Can we roll that back up there? That, that, yep, that. Know that we don't know what God knows. Know that we weren't saved till God saved us. Know that it was God's grace that created the space for us to be here in this place. Um, you know that it's true because it rhymes. Um, and so... But what's all that? That right there is, it's, it's just, you could sum it up with one word, humility, all right? Humility. Be humble. Recognize that you too have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But you listen, you, you do not have to recite your sin every time you call out sin, okay? Like anytime you say anything, you do that post I said earlier, like honestly, I just dare you. Um, no, I double dog dare you, all right? And so now you have to put that post up. Um, someone will immediately reply with, you sin too. And it's like, oh, I didn't realize I wrote, I've never sinned, but this is sin. I thought just by the mere existence that I'm alive and able to tweet this, that you would have assumed that I'm not perfect. Listen, you don't have to recite your sin. Plus, that's what you were. You were washed. You know that scripture I read earlier about who will not inherit the kingdom of God? It actually goes, and that's what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified. Come on now. You were set free. You had victory. Come on now. You don't have to recite all your sin. You don't have, you don't have to explain that you two have fallen short of the glory of God every single time you say anything about what's right and what's wrong. For sure, it's absolutely good for people to see at times that you've mentioned some things from your past or some things that you're struggling with that, that you don't think you're perfect, but it doesn't have to be part of every conversation, every statement, every tweet, every social media post, every interaction with somebody. That's going to get old. Honestly, it's, it's going to get in the way sometimes. Sometimes the point needs to be delivered. You know what I'm saying? By the way, and like, like I started saying people want you to judge so long as they like it, right? Right? They want that, you know? There's certain things that, that, that we want to judge and we do judge and they love. So if I was to say, don't be racist, they'll, they'll never ever reply with, judge not. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't see the woke folk chasing me around because <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago I wrote a thing to wrote back to someone like that was just absolutely disgusting and racist and I'm horrified and I'm unfollowing him. And um, not one woke folk commented that it's not my place to judge. Because they want me to judge in agreement with them. Am I right? Mary, hold a gun to his head, go. There we go. Be a little closer, don't be scared of each other, all right? All right, but do it more like, more like, there we go. Now, 
everybody knows that if you know guns, that this is how you hold it. <laughs> and so, I've got this giant, um, giant revolver that I bought to, um, to, to shoot bears. Because um, we go camping sometimes up in north, north way, way north, you know. And so I bought, and when you shoot it, you, you've got to hold that sucker because, you know, I'm a skinny little dude. And so, rip my arm off. Anyway, like gangster hold that. All right, there we go. All right, now, all right, so, now here's the thing. If I am going to, if I see this situation and let's assume I'm willing, able, and skilled to, to, to disarm uh, Mary um, or, or, or to have her just not do this. Um, I don't come up and be like, all right, listen up. I, in a moment, will deal with this. But first, let me tell you about me. I have sinned. I've fallen short of the glory of God. In 1995, I found my brother's porno hidden up on the shelf and thus started a 10-year addiction. And, and then, uh, glory to God, I broke free of that. And then I just started drinking. And I've been, I was drinking for like 10 years and, and it got a hold on me. But then the Lord delivered me, but then I, I started gossiping. And I lusted. And I saw the woman in the red dress from the Matrix. And I liked it. I know I've been where you are. Please don't bang. He's dead. Like, you, you can jump down. It's ridiculous. I just need to get up and be like, give me that. You know what I'm saying? Just give me that. Hey, please. Like I've said, but maybe it's, look, let's just search the scriptures. Is it okay to kill this guy? Just don't kill him. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous that you have to process and go through it all every single time that you tell anyone not to do something stupid. The world has a gun to its head. Sorry, I won't use a gun example ever again. No, I'm just kidding. I know these guys, it's all right. I'm allowed to accidentally embarrass them in front of the whole church, so... Let's close with this. Jesus called out sin. Everyone goes, what did Jesus say to the woman caught in the act of adultery? He, he, he said, neither do I condemn you. Yeah, exactly, not, neither do I. And then Jesus rolled out, go and stop sinning. Go and stop sinning. Every apostle and every prophet called out sin. Every book of the Bible calls out sin and we need to call it out too. Amen. We're going to destroy arguments and lofty opinions that are raised against the knowledge of God. Today, what I wanted to do, first and foremost, even before seeing people give their lives to Christ, because the purpose of, of church is to equip the saints first. Secondly, to win the lost. And we win the lost in every service. And we will see people give their lives to Christ again today. But primarily, what I want to do right now 
is have you leave this place having been equipped and empowered to destroy arguments and lofty opinions that are raised against the knowledge of God, okay? So would you all stand up with me? We'll be done in six minutes, maybe seven. <clears throat> Y'all got to admit, I have been landing the plane as scheduled lately for like three weeks. And so, but here's what I want to do. Some of you, number one, does any, did, did, I'm not trying to get accolades, but does this help you? Does this help you understand that judge not is a load of garbage? the way it's applied these days, right? Um, so what I want to do now, though, some of you are probably now, having eased that tension, going to step into a new level of boldness where you're like, yeah, I get to say this stuff. And I even then, at some point, get to be like, oh, that's a dog. I'm not even going to engage with that. You even get to do that. And so now... If you're in this place and you feel in your heart that that eased some tension for you and you feel like, okay, now I can start to speak up about things. I'm not going to stand there and judge not as the world seems to be going to hell in a handbasket straight past me. As kids are being mutilated. I don't understand how the world thinks I'm the bad guy. Like they, they want to cut bits off kids and put them on life-changing drugs that they'll never be able to undo. And I'm the one standing there saying, you know, you don't have to cut that off. You don't have to, you don't have to destroy your body to be valuable, to have purpose and to be loved and to be accepted. You don't have to do that. You don't have to join the alphabet mafia to be accepted. You can be accepted right now as you are without surgeries and drugs. The way God created you was not a mistake. And somehow I'm the bad guy, not the predators that are trying to mutilate them. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. It's crazy. The guy saying, let's not put that inappropriate stuff in schools is the judgmental jerk face and the bad guy. I just, I just wanna respond with like, why do you want to put it in there? Like let's, why do you, why do you want that stuff in the schools? You know, like what, why? You will get attacked, no doubt about it. The pigs and the dogs will chase you with saliva dripping out their rabies-infected mouths if you stand up and speak up. Okay, that's true. But God will protect you. What do you say? Fear not, for I have overcome the world. The world may be infested and diseased, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. So if you're feeling it in your heart that you want prayer for more boldness, to be stronger, to be firmer, to be louder, then, in, then come down the front for prayer. If you want, maybe you're here and there's been a tension and a brokenness and a hurt that's been created from that tension. 
because you're like, ah, oh, man, I've always, I've, I know in my heart I need to speak up, but I have been so beat up by the mafia that I just, that now I just feel broken and hurt. Well, if that's you, come down for prayer as well. Maybe you're just here and you've got a situation in your life, in your office, in your family, somewhere, that a very specific situation that needs some truth. And you've been scared to say it. People have been telling you to stop judging. And you've been wondering, what do I do? Well, come on down. And so if that's you, any of those people, just come on down right now. Come on down. God bless you guys. Come on down. If that's you, we want to pray for you. We're going to pray. Because here's the thing. We have the knowledge, but we want the power. Amen. Today, I, I, I shared the knowledge, but I want to pray for the power. That you'd have the power to be strong. That you'd have the power. Can we come over here, guys? Come over. Let's fill the middle here. There we go. And we want to pray that you have the power to be strong, the power to stand up, the power and the wisdom to speak right, to not get confuddled as you're speaking. Come on, would you lift up your hands? We're going to pray for you. All of you guys down the front, just lift up your hands in like a surrender to God. Say, God, I need you. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. God, some of them have... have like popped their head up like a, like a prairie dog and got shot the second it popped up. And so there's been some exhaustion, some intimidation, some fear to ever accurately evaluate the situations, the ideologies, the behaviors, and the fruit of the world. And so God, I, ju I just pray that you heal the hurt that came with that initial attempt. God, just heal that. God, heal the hurt that came with the tension of judge not versus judge the world. Lord God, I pray you heal that tension. Maybe the brokenness that's formulated as a result of them just being quiet when they should have spoken up, God. I just pray you, you heal that brokenness, that hurt in Jesus' name. But God, what we're asking for now is the power and the God-given wisdom to judge rightly, to see situations for what they are, not to look at the outside of a person, but to look at the fruit that, 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 that sprung up from the inside of the person. And God, as we do that, to have the wisdom and the humility, to not assume that we know what's on the inside. We don't know if some fruit fly got that fruit on the way out. We don't know what's going on on the inside. Help us to stay humble. Not to take your spot as the final and ultimate judge, but Lord, give us the wisdom and the strength and the words to stand up in Jesus' name, to speak up in Jesus' name, to be bold as lions, as wise as serpents and as gentle as doves. Lord God, I pray for this in the name of your Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, sorry. And I ask for your Holy Spirit right now to fall afresh on every one of them. God, for everyone in the room, I pray for your Holy Spirit to fall afresh, to touch every heart, to touch every person, to fill them with that dunamis power, that dynamite power, that explosive power to stand up, to be strong, to be courageous and to destroy 
lofty opinions and evil arguments that are raised against the truth. I pray this in Jesus' name. Someone say amen. Amen, amen. Come on, can we give God five seconds of praise? Now, I want to tell y'all, listen. Listen, I'm sorry. This week, because the devil's a dog too, some dogs are going to come for you. Okay? This week, because you made this stand, because you responded to this altar call. If you're out there and didn't respond, but this encouraged you and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go and listen, dogs are coming. That's encouraging. Dogs are coming to get you. But in the name of Jesus, God, I pray you protect their hearts from the dogs. That you protect them in Jesus' name. Put a hedge of protection around them. That they wouldn't fear the dogs or the pigs because you have overcome the world. God, so I pray that even as they know that, that they would have a peace in their heart that comes from a confidence in their father who jumps in front every time. And every time, Lord, you say, not today, devil. I'm going to make that bless my son or my daughter in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.